Crypto can be a tricky market to build a product in. It's still quite niche, which means a big part of your marketing is just helping it go mainstream. It's also not so obvious just yet what the pain points crypto solves for many different consumers. And yet, Wirex, a crypto company that allows customers to buy and exchange crypto on its app, is doing a good job of standing out and leading the market by branding itself as an innovator and by having a clear target audience. They've been around since 2014 and keep releasing interesting features in the DeFi and crypto space. In this episode, I'm chatting with their product manager, Maria Reba, who also used to work as their marketing project manager. We talk about the difference between being a product manager and a marketer, what pain points Warex is focusing on, Warex's recent crypto female power list campaign, and what they look for in people when it comes to hiring. You're listening to Market Like a Fintech, a podcast where I explore how fintech marketers are using marketing to help fintech companies fulfill their mission of democratizing finance. I am your host, Araminta Robertson, partner at the Fintech Marketing Hub. Let's hear from Maria. So Maria, my my first question to you is, why did you make the switch from marketing to product manager? And in what way do you think marketing has helped you become a better product manager? Wow, that's a loaded one. Um, No, but I like it. So I think it makes sense here to go a little bit into my backstory. So I was initially hired as a senior marketing project manager. And so I have a background in marketing. I was doing kind of, I was the first marketing and PR manager for my previous company that was based out of the UK. Uh, So I had a lot of experience already building up the marketing function. And then when I went over into Wirex, I became kind of, we, we named it the sheepdog of the team. So somebody who just chased all the other people around and made sure that everything was um, headed in a unified direction. Mm -hmm. Essentially, what we were trying to do is really have a strict, I guess, a strategy that really was Mm all-encompassing. And from that all-encompassing strategy to sort of nudge it in the right direction, if anything was to stray off course. And that led to a lot of um, related marketing activities. So things like product marketing, where we were announcing big launches. And I became really close with uh, all the teams that then define the product. So the engineering team and working with um, a lot of our developers to really understand more about the product. And initially it was to, to understand how to market it better, obviously. But the more I delve into that that world and understood kind of all the different disciplines at play to build a product, I became really interested in product management. And so luckily, my company enabled me to make that transition. Nice. And do you think you'll stay in product management for a while? Like, is that it? Are you ever going to go back to marketing or are you, <laughs> are you product manager now? Oh no, I'm I'm definitely convinced. Like I, I really like cool. it. I like the fact that unlike just project management as well, there's a lot of strategic thinking. So you have to analyze the market fully. It's very similar in that respect to marketing where you're you're looking at um who your customers are and how they're interacting with your product. 
but here you're also building out the next step. So you're you're thinking ahead and you're strategizing about what is going to be the consumer demand in, you know, six months, a year, mm-hmm. two years, etc. I see. So it's more like future focused. Yeah. And definitely. what ways do you think marketing, because it sounds like in my mind, every marketer needs to understand the product inside out, mm-hmm. right? So definitely. in what ways do you think marketing has helped you become a better product manager? I think it's helped me really be very consumer focused. Okay. So obviously it's it's very, I think in that respect, they're very much aligned because you have, when you're marketing to someone, you need to know what it is they seek and you can't have one without the other, right? Mm. So you can't market as much as you want um, to try. You can't market a poor product. But similarly, if you have a great product, and you don't have very good marketing, you know, your um, desired consumers might not never hear of it. Sure. So these things go very much in tandem. Yeah, of course. And would you say, I don't know, I'm just curious, how does your day-to-day, I mean, you've mentioned that you're managing probably different mm-hmm. people and talking to different people, but yeah, what, what does your day-to-day look like? How, how different is it? I mean... Oh, that's, that's a hard one. I think the day-to-day never, it's, it's never the same. So very, very diverse and you're constantly um, brought into things that you have never tried before, or you don't, you're not familiar with, but you need to work them out. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the, I think that's similar for both project managers and for product managers. I think Whereas before, for example, um, when I was working as, say, simply a marketing and PR manager, my my day was quite diverse as well, but I knew exactly what I was responsible for. Whereas here, the the boundary blurs a little bit and you're digging into a lot of different disciplines that you're not entirely familiar with, but you need to bring yourself up to speed with very quickly. Like like what disciplines? Um, so, for example, a lot of um, legal compliance work, uh, um, of course. you need to become familiar with, with the rules and regulations in different regions. You need to uh, look at maybe even some tech stuff that, for me personally, because I don't have a tech background, I'm not familiar with at all. Mm-hmm. But I need to begin to understand a lot of programs that our um, developers use and things like that. Obviously, on a surface level, they're not expecting me to start coding, yeah, for example. Yeah. but I do need to understand to some degree what they're doing. Cool. So it sounds like it's like learning a lot, basically. Definitely. <laughs> a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of learning. I think, um, yeah, each day is different. And I think that's part of the appeal as well. Yep. So that's what I found the most exciting. And I think that's why, going back to your previous question about whether I'm going to be looking to leave product, no. No. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> that's really interesting. Um, yeah. Well, we'll touch on this in a, a little bit to to talk about mm-hmm. from the perspective of hiring, like who do you need to hire, a marketer or a product manager? But before that, on this podcast, we divide uh, episodes into three segments, customer acquisition, messaging and branding, and building a team. So we'll start with the first one. I, From what I understand, you've been at Wirex for like a year and a bit, but I'd be interested in hearing kind of a bit more about Wirex in the sense of who is your target market and who are you, how are you acquiring your first customers? Okay. So I don't know how much background you want on Wirex, um, but 
you know, we've been around for more than seven years now. Mm-hmm. So the initial launch was uh, to do, we were the world's first crypto enabled debit card. Mm-hmm. And we also launched the world's first uh, crypto rewards program. So obviously that was quite a niche market at the time. Yeah. But one of our mission statements is to bridge that gap between traditional digital currencies and really the, the, the idea is to make all currencies equal and open to all. So the way that we do this, and that's why we're looking at kind of two markets, uh, we're looking at the, what you can call, I suppose, crypto enthusiasts, yeah. the people who, who really know crypto, but also the fintech, mainstream fintech fans. And our product seeks to kind of bridge that gap by offering both the crypto enthusiasts something familiar to them, but in a nice, um, more user-friendly way, but also to sort of, I guess, leverage the benefits of blockchain and the benefits of crypto for a mainstream audience. And there's a lot of education that goes with that, but I think definitely over the past couple of years, we've seen a massive boom into the crypto space. And I think that's gone really well for us because we have this product that is straddling that line between crypto and fintech and offering a bit of everything to everyone. So in terms of, I guess, who our target audience is, it's everyone. Um, we're trying to make it as diverse and as open as possible. I can also share a couple of um, our research findings and, and like yeah. looking into the kind of customers that we do have. So, for example, last year, we looked at what kind of customers are mainly using our products. And we ran a survey um, in partnership with one of our... Um, so there's multiple different organizations that we work with and multiple different cryptocurrencies that we offer. And one of them, the Stellar Development Foundation, we partnered on a report, which was called the Future of Money Report. And part of it was kind of sending out a survey to our respective user bases. And we found that actually we we sort of subvert those traditional, um, I guess, expectations that people have of crypto users. So I think for a lot of people, at least previously, when they thought of the stereotypical crypto fan, it would be a very young male. Mm -hmm. Whereas what we found is that while women do tend to be underrepresented in our databases, actually, if you look at older women, they are more likely to own crypto than their male counterparts. So for example, women between the ages of 55 and 64. And then also in terms of our general audience, it's also much older than expected. So the vast majority, I think 57.2% of respondents to that survey were over the age of 45. Wow. Is there any other finding or? Uh, No, no, I was just going to say that um, that sort of demonstrates that our audience is very diverse and we can't exactly target based on, say, demographics. No, yeah, I think, but I think that's, I mean, it depends a little bit on the product, but I, I wouldn't, mm-hmm. in, in general, I target with pain points, right? With problems mm-hmm. you're solving. And that's my next question, which is uh, 40 to, is it, what did you say? Well, 40 plus year olds. Mm-hmm. Well, why are they, why are they using crypto? Do you know? <laughs> I think, 
the interesting thing about crypto and blockchain is that it's really reimagined the world that we live in. So it's it's not just an iteration of um, kind of financial improvements. It's actually a brand new financial system. And I think to a lot of people, that's very intriguing. So they want to become familiar with it. But also, I would say that, I mean, we can't get away from the um, fact that a lot of people do use this as a means of making money on the volatility. Sure. So there's definitely a lot of that. But then I think Wirex specifically has been very good at attracting people who see it as not only a in financial investment, but an investment into the future and sort of thinking of ways of how to actually use crypto and use blockchain in everyday life. And what the Wirex cards enables customers to do is to actually go out and spend their crypto, I don't know, buying coffee or, or whatever. So it, it really bridges that gap and brings crypto into the everyday. Yeah. And this is what very few crypto apps do, which is you do the conversion at point of sale rather than, mm-hmm. you know, having to convert just before buying into fiat and then buying with fiat, right? Like yeah, you exactly. do that automatically. Yeah, I'm, I'm still interested in how, like, it's not the typical demographic that you'd think it is. And how, okay, so since you're saying that it's, it seems to be the pain, the pain points or the use cases seem to be like uh, for the future investing, what, what, what are the main channels that you're using then to reach these people? Like, how are you... Uh, well, you've mentioned education, but how are you reaching them? Where where are they finding you? So we have, I think, all all of the main marketing channels covered. So our team does, you know, top of the funnel looks at um, social media, attracts people that way. But then we have retention through uh, CRM, through emails, through our community channels. But there's also this, um, and I think this is very important for any company, really. It's about building that brand. Mm -hmm. And the way that you build a brand, essentially, is you make, you you associate your product with specific things. And for us, you know, we've built up this reputation for innovation. Uh, Mm -hmm. We launched those world firsts, the world's first uh, crypto-enabled cards, the world's first crypto rewards program. And we're continuing to build on that by creating new products so, for example, this year we upgraded our card to our um, MasterCard here in Europe. And then we've also launched um, a new like rewards program called Extras. And then on top of that, earlier this summer, we launched um, X Accounts, which is a crypto savings account, essentially, which offers up to 16% back in interest. So it's about taking those features and improving them and constantly making them relevant in some way. And where are you getting the kind of ideas, I guess, to launch those really specific features? That's a very good question. Um, (laughs) I think a lot of it is about just looking into what the industry is doing. There's a very interesting thing that um, traditionally, and I guess historically, like Crypto hasn't been the most user-friendly, so there are, is so much potential, but it's about taking that potential and, 
I guess, translating it into a more user-friendly and more accessible way. Mm-hmm. And again, coming back to bridging that gap between crypto and, and fintech, that's exactly what we're doing. We're taking those tools and those opportunities that um, crypto provides but which might not be accessible to the mainstream because they're so complex. Mm-hmm. So the way that we kind of come up with these ideas is we see what's out there, but then we put our own spin on things and we make it a lot more user-friendly and accessible to the, um, sorry, the consumers that we're targeting. You mentioned that uh, it was like crypto um, enthusiasts and also fintech so fintech people, I'm guessing. So what does fintech people mean? Is that people who use Starling or is that like, well, you mentioned everyone, I know, but mm-hmm. obviously not everyone uses fintech products. They're still, you know, traditional bank accounts are still, you know, have the majority of the yeah. population. So are you targeting those people too? Or is it mostly people who are already a little bit tech savvy or interested in fintech? I think it's, easier to get the people who are tech savvy to some degree sure. because they already they 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 feel at home using um this kind of products using apps but again coming back to a lot of the research that we've done there are people that don't have a bank account and then they've opened a wirex account okay so you know we also would like to appeal to people and make a use case for people who might not be that traditionally um tech savvy user, maybe the older generations or people in um, possibly less developed markets who would still have value by opening a Wirex account and whichever functionality is available. So what we did fairly recently is we've enabled our X accounts, which I mentioned is the um, crypto savings accounts. We've enabled them in a lot of countries that are outside of the jurisdiction where we offer a card. So people who are based there, what they can do is they can still, I don't know, buy some Bitcoin, transfer it into Wirex and earn and earn interest on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm, I will talk a little about like DeFi and stuff because I'm also experimenting with it. And it's quite interesting how you can get much better interest rates with that. Yeah. So in terms of just, just going back to the channel question, you've mentioned you're doing top of the funnel. Um, so I'm guessing you're just focused on digital marketing and um, yeah, so ads right? Ads and uh, yeah. probably SEO. Um, yeah. So it's just mostly digital marketing then to attract It is people. for the okay. most part digital marketing. We do have other campaigns that are a bit more integrated and also feature events and things like that. So um, I think women in, in crypto and that uh, rising women in crypto power list is a perfect example of that because that goes beyond just digital marketing. We've um, published in a wide variety of media. We've had an event and we've attracted a lot of people from various companies to participate. So I think that one is a bit more of a brand building exercise, which is also beneficial to the crypto sector at large. Sweet. Well, actually, this is what I was going to talk about next. So let's move on to like messaging and branding and how you're building your brand at uh, Wirex. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess, where do you come with this idea of having the the crypto female power list and how did you organize it and kind of what was the objective? Yeah. Um, So the campaign actually arose completely organically within the marketing team. Mm -hmm. We've had um, some senior women in the team who were looking around and thinking, you know, this is rather male dominated and we would really like to take this opportunity 
to recognize the women who have built up the crypto sector as well and make it a lot more accessible again that word um to you know new like new talent and people who are looking at what they could do and kind of i guess attracting women to the sector and making sure that they feel welcome the idea of the uh, rising women um, in crypto power list that was to do with recognizing the talent but also maybe focusing a little bit less on the big names and promoting women who are doing something really innovative or who are working in adjacent sectors so i think this year is a really good example of that because we've had we've had advocates for example Lavinia Osborne who is the founder of Women in Blockchain uh, Talks so she's obviously i guess evangelizing crypto and making women feel more welcome we've had educators like Alakanani Eterlang who is the founder of the Satoshi Center in Botswana and she's taking a very educational approach to it so she's exploring how blockchain can make a, a big difference for companies in Botswana and then for example we've also got entrepreneurs like Galia Banartsi who is one of the co-founders of the Bancor protocol which is very very crypto focused so she's actually built up one of the protocols and it has its own cryptocurrency which um is available on Wirex actually so it's about widening the net a little bit i think yeah and a, and a great exercise in in brand awareness and also i mean bringing awareness to an important topic um mm-hmm. as crypto takes up a larger portion of our lives and fintech in general uh, this is obviously a super important topic, so um, it was really cool to read all that. Uh, I'm not super deep into crypto, so unfortunately, I didn't know many of the people on the list. But um, now, now you know, now I've got stuff to to research and read, so it's, it's it was it was cool. So that's an example of one campaign. What are some other brand building exercises that you're doing at uh, at Wirex? So I think a good one is also this idea of making everything open to all. Uh, that's a project that we started back in 2020 and it's kind of carried over. And what we've done is we've come up with this um, mission statement and we, well, we, we had the mission, but we've kind of vocalized it. Mm -hmm. And what that's enabled us to do is to really permeate all of our messaging with that specific mission. And I know the marketing team has been doing a really good job at bringing a lot more creatives into it. Uh, we've released a couple of ads. We've released a lot of um, comedic uh, explanations. And all of that has that narrative thread running through it. So when you, uh, well, hopefully the the idea is that when you start thinking of Wirex, you will think of that being accessible and available to all. And I mean, there are there are more and more crypto apps uh, popping up, and there's quite a few already, to be fair, in, in the UK and around the world. How are you? I know uh, Wirex has like been around for a long time, but how are you trying to cut through the noise? Because I see like a lot of fintech companies are struggling with this in the sense that as the market gets more saturated, how do we stand out? How do we how do we show that we're different? 
or or how do we mm-hmm. take a larger part of the market? So, yeah, how how are you working on standing out at Warex in terms of branding? I mean, I think that's um, that's a good question, and it comes back again to that relationship between product and marketing. So obviously, the branding exercises that we're doing within marketing are building up our own brand and and kind of recognition of YRX in the market. But in parallel, we have the product innovations that we're launching. So kind of all the products that I've mentioned previously, the updated um, MasterCard, then we've got um, Extras, the rewards program, we've got X accounts, we've got so many other things that are coming as well. And all of that in parallel builds a reputation for innovation and kind of world firsts. And I think collectively, when you take the brand and the products that we provide together, that is what really differentiates us from a lot of the other companies out there. So if, if you're so you're building that brand as, of being an innovator, I guess, well, that's what we meant, mm-hmm. which is what we talked about before. Um, and you're already kind of stepping a foot into DeFi. So obviously, I have to ask, like, how are your what are your plans in terms of Web3 and um, DeFi and... Uh, um metaverse what is there anything <laughs> um that you're yeah how do you see yourself kind of building a brand in in this world with new new kinds of crypto stuff yeah definitely um so over the past couple of months we've added i don't want to say the wrong number but i think it was something like 20 new um ERC20 tokens which enables uh, users to connect to DeFi. Mm-hmm. We also enable a lot of um, transfers in and out of uh, tokens that, and then, so for example, if you want to bring in your tokens from another platform into YRX, you can take advantage of X accounts, for example. And X accounts is built using DeFi essentially because the way that we are able to pay out such a large interest rate is because in the background, um, this is going into liquidity pools and that's how the profits are generated and then shared among our our customers. So a lot of it is already taking a big step into DeFi and into exploring that. But I think in the future, I don't want any spoilers, but um, there will be even further leaps, obviously, with the, I think, rapid development of DeFi. And the fact that it's, I think, overwhelmed really the crypto industry, um, especially this year, it's all moving so quickly and we are making our name for ourselves by already beginning to leverage some of those um, those innovations within our app. Yeah, I mean, I feel like DeFi and Web3 and, and everything that everyone's talking about, like you really have to be kind of deep into it and reading up on it and doing your research. So I understand that it's it's very much for the crypto enthusiast, but taking this to the masses is like another entire, uh, you know, exercise altogether, like in, in terms of education. So how are you, how are you planning on educating the masses on something that can be as complex as liquidity pools and staking? Like how on earth are they going to understand yeah. that? Right. Even I do not fully understand it completely. So like I, I swear, like just a blog, a few blog posts is not going to be enough. So how do you plan on educating the masses on such a complex topic? No, of course not. You're right. And of course, we do have the blog posts and we're building up the education that way. We're sending out emails. But you're completely correct that that's not going to be sufficient 
I think what is going to be sufficient is really making clear that size of opportunity. Mm-hmm. So when people see what's in it for them and what they can earn from it, how it can help them, I don't know, save uh, for a house or, or for whatever that they're saving for, that's when they will become more interested. And then when they're interested, they will naturally want to learn more. Mm-hmm. And that's when they're going to access those educational materials. It's funny because I, I, I used to think that the pain point or the kind of bridge that would get more people into crypto was cross-border payments because, you know, mm-hmm. it's so expensive. But it seems like it might be just the low low savings interest rates in bank accounts. And people are looking for, you know, higher interest rates. And that's maybe where DeFi comes in. Do you think that is a better use case or more important use case than cross-border payments, for example? I don't necessarily think that it's one or the other. So it really depends because a lot of people do need to send money cheaply um, across borders. So I think that's a very popular use case, especially if you're talking about stable coins, which basically ensures that, you know, their currency is is still stable, right? But when we're talking about interest rates, I actually did a, a, a talk fairly recently about how the problem with savings rates at the moment is that they're under the inflation rate. Yeah. So if you keep your money in a savings account, you're losing money. Yep. And that's where like DeFi becomes such an attractive option. Of course, there's a risk involved. But if you go with reputable companies and you do your own research before investing, then you know there's a lot of opportunity there. And you can make quite a lot of money on on interest rates. Mm -hmm. So you're saying so in terms of education and and getting DeFi and crypto to the masses, really uh, pushing that point of like, if you want to stop losing money by your money literally sitting in a bank account, you will you need to start getting interested in crypto. You think that's going to be like the yeah, the the point, the the, the, what will get, you know, people to the mass uh, to crypto. I mean, honestly. We all have, you know, our own interests, right? Sure. And as soon as we begin to understand that, hey, we're losing money here, and there's this method that could help us um, earn more, then I think that will be very, very attractive. So I agree with the fact that that's part of it. I think any sort of brand building exercise and any sort of product it has to answer that question for consumers. What's in it for me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I definitely think that as soon as the consumers see the size of the opportunity, that's when they will become naturally interested themselves. And I feel like there's not a lot of content right now, or not a lot of people talking about this in terms of you know how DeFi can help you um, grow your savings rate. So I guess there's an opportunity here for companies like Wirex to, you know, if you've got a product that does that, to just you know talk you know, shout out about it and create content about it. Is that, would you say that's right? Is that what you're planning on doing? Yeah. 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 So um, we definitely, we we have a lot of educational material that is produced on our social media and in our community channels. We also um, send out regular uh, newsletters and things like that. So it's definitely um, the foundation of how we communicate to our customers and to anyone who is interested in in the sector. Yeah, nice. Got it. So for our last uh, segment of this uh, episode, hiring, building a team, 
I swear like in crypto, it's such a niche, you know, industry that finding someone that uh, even like a writer, an engineer, anything, any person that works in crypto is is harder than in general fintech. So how how do you go, how does Wirex go about attracting the right kind of talent in crypto? I think that's really interesting because a lot of our, uh, like, a lot of the hiring that we see happening across multiple different industries expect people to have experience in that industry. And the important thing here to remember is the fact that crypto is fairly new. Yeah. So, you know, the first decentralized currency, which was Bitcoin, only appeared in 2009 and it only really exploded probably with that first boom in 2017. So, this is not a lot of time for people to build up their skills. True. And I think that is, that's really important to remember when you're looking for talent, that they don't necessarily need to know everything there is to know about um, cryptocurrencies, about blockchain, about you know anything. So the important thing is this willingness to learn. And you know when I, when I joined um, Wirex a year and a half ago, Honestly, I didn't know that much about cryptocurrencies, but now I feel comfortable talking to you about DeFi. So it's obviously been a journey and I've done a lot of reading and I've, I've studied a lot, but there's a willingness to learn. And I think that's um, a trait that is replicated with all our new hires. Mm, yeah. Everyone who comes into Wirex, they're, they're keen to learn about crypto. And it doesn't matter that they don't have... Um, you know, seven years of experience sure. in crypto, they they will be able to learn and pick up on it. Sure. I guess I'm wondering if, okay, obviously not crypto, but financial services, for example, mm-hmm. looking for someone specifically in financial services, but you're saying that not even that is relevant, right? It could be from any background. I think it, it really depends. So with financial services, we obviously, we we are interested in people who, who do have some familiarity with financial services because they'll be working in it. But I don't think that that means that we exclude mm-hmm. people who don't have that experience. And hiring someone who's willing to learn, who's really hungry for for crypto, where where do you where do these kind of people hang out? Is it all on Twitter and um, I don't know uh, Wall Street bets? <laughs> um, I don't know. They just they just I think everyone has that hidden interest in sure, crypto that they true. they might not they might not vocalize, but they when they start applying for jobs and they find, for example, Wirex or, or Wirex approaches them, they begin to realize that actually it's a very interesting industry to become involved mm. in. And I think that's that we've just done a very good job at attracting the people with the kind of mindset that we want. That's, well, that's good because it's hard. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm talking to fintechs and uh, right now it's it's difficult to hire. And this is partially why... I talk about this on the podcast is because one of the main problems facing fintech marketers right now is is um, hiring uh, people mm-hmm. in in marketing specifically, but all across the board really in fintech. So obviously this applies to crypto too. Have you not noticed uh, an issue in terms of getting candidates? I think there there definitely there has been a couple of issues with um, attracting the right background necessarily. So. There, there have been a couple of challenges, but I don't think that it's anything like insurmountable. Yeah, because I think ultimately, and I'm just thinking back to my own interviews yeah. and, and kind of how when I was joining the team, 
from a on, a on on a personal level, I was very keen to take that next step. So I did have a fintech background, but I was very keen to take that next step and learn something new. Yeah. And actually, that is shared with a you know a lot of different colleagues that have joined the marketing t- team since um, twenty twenty, and a lot of people have you know, diverse backgrounds that it's not necessarily in fintech and they have exhibited this desire to learn about crypto. So I think it's the crypto aspect that really appeals to a lot of um, new, like incoming talent. Yeah, I I agree. So I guess it's, I think what what fintechs are realizing is that they need to do more retraining and more um, getting someone from a different industry and then just willing to put in the time to train them. Um, It's probably the right solution. And just finally, on the topic of uh, product management and marketing, which we we touched on at the beginning, I find that interesting that, you know, there's such an overlay, I guess, from the perspective of a founder, what would you say, what, what would you say, you know, a founder needs to look for in terms of the differences between a product manager, hiring a product manager and hiring like a marketing, since you've been on both sides, what would you say a founder should be looking for? And maybe, I don't want to use the word prioritization because it, I feel like it varies a lot, but um, yeah, what, what are your feelings from the perspective of a founder? What, what are your feelings in terms of hiring a product manager or a marketer? Well, it really depends on what the founder is looking for at that particular moment in time, right? Because a lot of what people say about uh, product managers is that they're the mini CEO. So they're the ones that come with a vision for or, and a roadmap for how a product needs to be implemented. And then on the other hand, we have marketing, which then looks at that product, understands that product and goes and markets it in the way that appeals to the consumers that the, um, that the company wants to attract. So I think it's kind of impossible to yeah. choose one or the other, right? Yeah. If the... Yeah, I, I find that hard to answer because I think I think both are really integral to building a successful company. Yeah, I think like super early stage, usually the founder is doing the product. And what I hear is one of their first, well, it depends. Yeah, to, to be fair, it depends so much. But um, <laughs> their top of mind is, is having a marketer. But then, you know, if you're trying to extract yourself a bit from the business, then you're eventually going to need a product manager. So there's not really one that comes before the other. It just depends on how you're, how you've structured it kind of right. And what your product is, right. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. And I think it, it also comes back to what we discussed previously, that if you have a bad product, like all the marketing in the world is not going to save you because you, you might attract a couple of customers, but then the customers will try your product and realize that it's not very good. So what's the point? You're going to lose them eventually anyway. Yeah. Whereas if you, have kind of you you start with a product you build a good product and then you market it well then that's kind of the winning combination right yeah because you've got both yeah or or build marketing into the product <laughs> that's what yeah that, yeah exactly i think that's probably yeah. the best way yeah. to go about it yeah yeah that's a whole other topic for another day <laughs> um great well thanks so much maria i have one more question for you which is um mm-hmm. You've mentioned, I think it was in one of your articles, that um, you believe the pe- people who work in crypto need to have an out-of-the-box mentality. So I wanted to ask you, what what, what do you mean exactly by that? And um, yeah, what do you mean by out-of-the-box? Well, if you want to work in crypto, you, you can't... Things change all the time. And because it's such a quickly moving industry, 
you kind of can't um, sit on your laurels. You can't expect things to remain the same way that they were even a month ago. So what I mean by out of the box is really being open and being open to not only learning new things, but being open to trying new things and to becoming, I guess, comfortable with being uncomfortable. Because Mm. a lot of the information that you need to acquire, it will stretch you and it will stretch the, I guess, what I talked about previously, that you you need to become familiar with so many different aspects of crypto. It's, It's not just you know, if you're a marketer, you, you might not need to know just the marketing. You might need to know what the regulations are. You'll need to speak to all different sorts of departments to really come to grips with what the product is as well. I'm sorry, that, that probably doesn't make that much sense. But what what I'm trying to say <laughs> is that um, you basically, yeah, you need to be as open as possible to learning as much as possible about the industry and about the specific product that you're working on. I think what's really attractive about that is that, you know, all the companies in the space are kind of experimenting. No one's really figured it out yet. And I think that's what's quite attractive to maybe some people, which is like, this is my chance to kind of try new things, try something that's never been tried before. And that's basically, and in order to succeed in that, you really need to be like creative and think outside the box, basically. So that's probably... I think like the biggest part of that is really understanding the underlying technology behind it. Mm-hmm. Because one of the things that I find the most fascinating about cryptocurrencies is all the other use cases for blockchain. Again, I don't want to go too off topic because I think that that will be a whole sure. other discussion. But if you understand how blockchain itself can be used in multitudes of different ways, then you start kind of thinking about crypto differently yeah i'd love to hear how in what way but i guess i don't know too many what's your most excited what are you most excited about so for example um coming back to the women um in crypto finalists we have the ceo and co-founder of agriledger which is a company which tries to um, make agricultural products more more transparent and so basically it what it does is it enables trust, transparency, and traceability through the blockchain mm-hmm. across the entire agricultural supply chain. So the woman who was um who was one of our finalists, um, she's called uh Jean-Vieve Levey, and she basically founded this company. And it's not exactly cryptocurrencies, but it's blockchain and it's doing something very innovative within the blockchain space, which I find very fascinating so like supply chain issues yeah Yeah, that's really cool and there's so many other use cases like in estonia for example they have all their personal data on the blockchain and they've had it there since 2011 there's you know companies which are in the copyright um space which are looking at how to um attribute loyalties to music uh, to musicians mm. via the blockchain there's charities which are using blockchain for more accessible and transparent donations and things like that so i think it's such a wide array of um of use cases that it's really fascinating to see how then cryptocurrencies is just a small fragment of it that's true yeah that sounds super exciting and i can imagine why you know working in a space like that is just um 
you can't get bored because there's so much to yeah. do. Yeah, well, well, thank you so much, Maria, for answering all my questions. Um, I think, uh, you know, there's more and more crypto apps and, and crypto uh, products being launched and people are going to have to market those. So we're going to see this space getting more and more saturated. And I'm really interested in seeing how apps build brands and how Wirex continues to innovate and um, and market the the new products that you're releasing. So yeah, really Thanks again for coming on and um, I look forward to seeing what uh, Wirex does in the future. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode. You can find all the information and show notes over at fintechmarketinghub.com and then click on podcast. We've also got a fintech marketing Slack community where you can meet fellow fintech marketers and founders, ask podcast guest questions ahead of a show and attend exclusive online events with industry experts. We'd love to see you in there, hear your feedback, and learn about the challenges you're currently facing in your role. To join, head to fintechmarketinghub.com forward slash Slack. That's all for today. See you in the Slack. Slack.